This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Here's Barrett, from shake and bake, hit the three. That's a lot in the crowd with Barrett. Five on the 24. Barrett previously had an air ball. Hold the drive, the land. That's a ball. Gets it back, keeps it out Barrett. Barrett for three. R.J. Barrett from downtown. He could trick a three. Gets another triple. Looking for more. Smith at the bottom. going on guys this is rob carbone coming at you with another episode of bd4 where there is no better way to get your yankees <laughs> Knicks analysis um i always get confused when i'm pointing because i've got the camera set up and it's kind of uh, it's mirrored so but yes welcome to bd4 episode 129 um where we will be dissecting denny abdia tonight i hope i said that correctly but yes we're gonna keep you know diving into this whole uh you know draft scouting thing that we've been doing over the last couple of months and um just recently made our way up on the board to the lotto prospects you know started with the mellow ball a couple days ago then uh we covered killian hayes um those two are probably my two top priorities the two guys that i want most um but uh, yeah, no, fucking Denny is not, you know, he might not be on my top list, but he's worth going over and breaking down just because, um, <clears throat> fucking Christ, my voice today, I'm losing it. But um, no, Denny's worth going over just because he's a, you know, he's going to be in the lottery regardless and it's up to the Knicks in the end. So, you know, we don't have a say. So might as well cover Danny Abdia. Um, and yeah, that's what we're going to dive into tonight, but of course, I hope everybody's doing all right tonight. I hope everybody is, everyone's doing well, trying to record a little, a little earlier than I usually do. Um, so, you know, this might be up by the time it's, you know, I don't know, I want to say 10 PM on May 26th, a Wednesday. So, and maybe we'll get lucky or is today Tuesday, sorry, 10 PM. It'll probably be up uh 10 p.m may 26th on a tuesday so if we're lucky you know if i can get the editing done in time and everything so that's when i'm recording this is may 26th so hopefully we can have a same day posting date and um yeah get it out a little earlier than usual this time but um yes denny is who we're going to be diving into tonight and um yeah that's pretty much it i mean for the intro there's not much else to say um, I know the NBA is gaining some serious momentum in returning. Um, you know, the, the, it looks more and more likely that, that, that we're going to get um, a remainder of the season. You know, it looks like they're going to, they're just discussing a couple of formats right now. Um, I know they're trying to try to be creative and obviously that's going to have to be in play here. You know, it might not be the most conventional, conventional finish to the NBA season here in 2020, but 
I just want ball. I just want to watch some hoops, man. And I, you know, it's been a while since I've, since I've uh, shit on the Knicks, or it's been a while since I've just watched some other teams play ball. So whatever route they go, you know, if they want to add in, just go straight to the playoffs, or if they want to, you know, do format it differently, or if they want to finish out the regular seasons, you know, more traditionally, and then get to the playoffs from there. Whatever they do, I'm for it because I just want to watch ball, guys. So. Um, of course, you know, it's it's a controversial topic that everybody's been going over. But for me, I just want to watch something. So that's that's pretty much my take on that. Let's head to break really quick. We're going to head to break and then we're going to get to uh, Denny Abdia. All right. As soon as we get back. Okay. Oh, wait, let me uh, let me set everything up because I know last time we did this or a couple last couple of maybe a couple episodes ago, the video, if you're watching the video cast, the, um, the video kept freezing, but I just want to make sure it doesn't just to stay, just to stay, uh, stay safe. And, um, I think we're all set up here. So yeah, we're going to head to break. And as soon as we get back, we will talk about, uh, Abdia for episode 129. All right. fellas really quick before we continue with the show i just want to remind you if you haven't yet subscribed to bd4 be sure to do so right now just go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect Guard, forward, combo forward, combo wing, point forward. You know, he's just a a 6'9", 220-pound player with a 6'10 wingspan. Although that's pretty unofficial as well itself. You know, I've, I've kind of had a I had a tough time finding a legitimate or an official height, weight, wingspan for him. But the ones that I've seen, you know, it ranged anywhere from 6'7 to 6'9", his height. Um, his weight was about the same, you know, 215, 220. And then the wingspan ranged from 6'9 to 6'10. So, you know, I'd say we're in the same boat. Um, so 6'9, 220, 6'10 is what I've got. Um, and played in Israel, right? Uh, this past couple of, uh, well, this past season, he played for a couple of clubs. Um, in 2020, he played 47 games for a few different clubs. And so we're going to read off his, you know, combined statistics here uh, through 47 games with 14 starts and getting 20 minutes a night uh, for the most part off the bench. He had, you know, the numbers aren't going to stand out, but eight points, four rebounds, and two assists per game on 51% from the floor, 34% from three, and 52% from the free throw line, doing so on a volume of 5.9 field goal attempts, um, 2.5 three-point attempts, and 1.6 free throw attempts per game. Um, defensively, he collected 0.5 seals and 0.6 blocks while turning it over 1.3 times versus 1.9 personal fouls. 
Uh, so those are his numbers this past season. Again, nothing standout-ish, but he is somebody who I still expect, um, just because some scouts are pretty high on him. I expect him to go early to mid-lotto. I would expect him, you know, most likely scenario is mid-lotto, right? He, he will be somebody who's drafted in the lottery towards the 8-9, you know, somewhere between 5-9, to nine, I'll say. Um you know, I do think there's going to be a handful of players who get selected before he does, but he'll be a lottery pick, you know, but in terms of his, this is the thing for me. He's a, he's a role player. I think the outlook for him is he's going to be a role player in the NBA, um, a secondary playmaker, not somebody who's going to be, you know, a standout starter, more of a high floor player with a low ceiling, you know, a higher type of floor, somebody with a lot of craft. And, you know, my thing here is I just... I think he's a safe pick, right? I think he's he's not my first preference, nor is he my second, third, or fourth. You know, I would love to select Denny if he were to be available late in the first. You know, if he, if we could take him with that LAC pick, that would have been great, right? But that's obviously not the scenario here because, again, he's probably going to be selected mid-lotto, maybe even earlier in the lottery. But, you know, some comparisons I've heard, you don't flip out because when – Sometimes when people hear comparisons, they immediately think we're talking about comparing ceilings and talent level. That's not always the case. Sometimes it's just as simply as play style. And that's where my uh, that's where the Luka Doncic comparison comes in. More like a role player, a role player version of Luka. Right? Um I've heard this one I don't love, Mario Hazonia. Maybe a better version of him. Um, and I've heard, you know, a blend of Manu Ginobili and David Lee. So that's an interesting thing that I read. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, fresh off the last dance, I've heard a Tony Kukoc comparison. Um, and then last but not least, I've heard a uh, Turkoglu. Remember that guy, Turkoglu, who played for quite a while, you know, since the early 2000s and retired maybe about six or five years ago. Um, so I've heard some comparisons. I'd say the one I like best is... You know, Luka Doncic, if he was a role player, right? That's that's somebody who I think um, Denny could could possibly play like, right, in terms of the way he plays on the court. Um, so, yeah, I think he's a safe pick, not one of my first couple of preferences, but somebody who's there, and if the Knicks, you know, happen to miss out on, you know, four or five other guys that I would love them to take, then sure, I, I would go for Denny, but... I think his strengths here are playmaking, um, size, slashing and finishing, um, his back-to-the-basket game, pretty good in the post, and then he's got a very high motor. I think those are his strengths. Um, we'll go over the weaknesses later, but for now, let's start with his his uh, his best traits. And the playmaking one is probably what stands out most when we're talking about Denny is that he can make a variety of passes. He's just an excellent playmaker. You know, he can make the drive and kick. Um, he can make the drop-off pass. Um, he'll make those live-action passes better with his right. Um, and he's good in pick-and-roll. And also can play the pick-and-pop when he's paired with a guard. Um, you know, he knows how to use... He loves playing, you know, with ball screens. He utilizes ball screens very effectively. You know, he's very patient in pick-and-roll and will make those precise pocket passes uh, to the roller. You know, so he's just a good overall floor general who loves utilizing ball screens and he just loves to use his teammates to create open looks and open pockets and windows for, you know, generating um, space for his teammates. So a good floor general, I guess, is 
is the best way to describe it. Somebody with good timing and, and pretty great instincts as a playmaker, right? He's always going to find the open man. It seems to be natural with him as a playmaker. He's always finding that guy. Nine out of ten times, ten out of ten times, he'll find that guy open. Um, so he's an efficient scorer, uh, an efficient passer. Somebody with a high IQ, you know, doesn't really force the action, stays in his comfort zone. And that's kind of why he's, you know, always had a low turnover rate. Right, not somebody who coughs the ball up, um, at least from forcing things. He's somebody who's going to stay in his zone and play his own game, which is why a lot of people think he'll have a high floor. Now, his his passing ability just it, it's it may not be flashy, you know. Again, but he does it all. He can hit all three levels. <clears throat> you know, he'll hit the roller. Going into the going to the rim, he will hit those baseline cutters, and he'll hit the spot ups on the perimeter. So he can do it all. I've seen some tape this kid play. I like his passing wits. I, I do, you know. And on top of that, he's got a pretty good, decent um, handle, you know, decent ball handling ability to um to occasionally beat you in ISO. So next pro here I have is his size. You know. His size is, is again, 6'9", 220. That's, that's pretty damn good for a guy who's going to be playing a lot of point guard, point forward, right? He'll bring versatility defensively, too. You know, if, if he can improve his strength and, and maybe improve his agility a little more, he will be a very versatile player who could slide up from anywhere from the 1 to the 4. Um, and then slashing and finishing, right? Um, he's an excellent, excellent cutter. Very good off the ball and a good finisher when he gets to the rim. Um, great timing when he makes his cuts. Great angling on his cuts. Um, good body control when he's finishing at the rim. And he's got very good positioning on his cuts. Knows where to go. Um, and he stays low when he's cutting. And he's just very smart out there. Doesn't need to have that ball in his hands. It's just And when he does, when he's catching and driving, which is something he likes to do a lot. And I, you know, the catch and drive is someone, it's something that um, R.J. Barrett actually does pretty well too. He's got a pretty solid touch at the rim, Denny. So he can finish using his craft and his smarts. And you know, he's got a, a pretty decent uh, variety of moves, you know, going from a Euro step to a you know, a spin move. He likes to, to do those little off-foot lay-ins. So he's pretty versatile off the ball, okay? And I know Tel Aviv, you know, his most recent team, I think, they had him running off the ball very often, very often. I think he was best... Um, not to say he, he, again, he's a primary, not a primary, but he's a secondary playmaker. He's somebody who's going to have the ball in his hands, but you know, being, having played so much off ball with, uh, Tel Aviv, he's used to it. You know, he can do both, which is so beneficial to the Knicks would provide them with so much more flexibility in their lineups. So, um, and then here, last couple of, uh, strengths here. One is I've got his back to the basket game is very, very very strong. It's advanced. He's got an advanced post game. Very efficient in post ups. Um, at a low volume, doesn't post up a ton, but it's still a good tool to have. You know, for an NBA wing, it's it's something that's going to be useful. You know, he could. You know, he liked to. Uh, I know. I know he liked to. Um, internationally, when he was playing, he you know in Israel, he likes to take advantage of those mismatches, right? And he's pretty physical in the post, so that's something I expect him to. Um, to carry over um, again with his good body control too. That would also help out. Um, and then last, but not least, uh, last, but last, but not least, Jesus fuck. 
Um, his motor. This is somebody who's got an incredible work ethic. You never see him half-assing it. Um, he's got a very high motor, very competitive, both offensively and defensively. Good team defender. There's some upside here to where he could be a good team defender in the NBA. I just spit. I feel like I do that every episode. Um, but no, yeah, he rotates well all around the floor. Um, he's always communicating with his teammates. He's got quick reflexes. Um, he provides some pretty good help side defense, you know, got a high overall IQ and, you know, just somebody who, he seems like he's going to be a good team defender, you know, good help side defender. Um, just somebody who, who he's got the ability to be at least adequate, you know, on the other side of the floor. Again, a lot of it's going to be on gaining strength and, and being able to get a little bit more muscle into his frame. But, you know, that also, that motor, also helps him on the glass. He's pretty aggressive on the glass and a solid rebounder for his size. Um, so that those are pretty much his positives. Okay. So to recap really quick, he's a great playmaker who has the ability to play off the ball. Um, and uh, defensively, he has shown some flashes, you know, as a team defender. So those are his pros. Now, some of his cons here, his, his you know, uh, weaknesses. He's notice how we haven't really gone over his ability to shoot and score yet. That's that's one of my swing factors. I've got shooting and strength as the two swing factors. And to start with shooting, that's going to be that. That's kind of why this guy is probably not worth the lottery. Taking him at you know one to fourteen or whatever. Um, you know the numbers were very inefficient. The free throw percentages were awful. Constantly in the fifty percent range. Three-point percentages range from mediocre to, you know, below average. Um, and, you know, he's got good form on the upper body, but it's just an inconsistent result just because sometimes you can look at his lower body. You know, sometimes whole leg, his legs will kind of flail out, and it doesn't always look natural. Um, so I don't know about the shooting. I don't know how much of an upside he has as a shooter. That That's really what's going to you know, decide his career at the NBA level, right? If he could become adequate, um, then sure, he'll be a high rotation player. But if he doesn't really improve much or if he only improves a little or not at all, he's going to find himself buried in the bottom of rotation, maybe even in the G League more than he is at the NBA. So that's one of the negatives here to his game. I also have that he's not very athletic. Um, you know, in the NBA, players are bigger, faster, stronger. How is he going to cope with that, right? That's something we've got to focus on. Um, you know, he's got good, but also pretty safe and basic handles. So not an extraordinary ball handler. You know, not He has enough to where he could get by at the point forward position, but it's nothing crazy to expect an upside, again, as a scorer with the ball in his hands. You know, more of a catch-and-shoot cutter um, type of player who's going to score that way if he does. So... Um, and then, you know, the length, the strength is, is pretty mediocre depending on what position he wants to play. You know, it's going to hurt him defensively um, if he's matched up with bigger fours, right? But that's one of the things with him. You know, he's also a poor mover laterally. He's not the quickest guy, so he's not really quick enough to take on those ones and twos and small ball threes, but he's also not really strong enough yet to guard the full-time fours in the NBA. So he's more of a tweener. At the moment, you know, we just have to see where he ends up. Um, 
and also very foul reliant when he's beat off the dribble in his closeouts he, he he'll just you know uh resort to fouling and that can be frustrating to watch uh you know so overall defensively unless he gains some muscle you know puts on some weight um some muscle he's going to be very matchup dependent i believe on both ends to be honest with you so that's just something i see again as a swing factor here he unless he gains muscle he's going to get bullied down low and he's going to have some trouble you know unless he gains some quickness on the perimeter as well and of course like i said that shooting needs to improve to be least adequate but those are my thoughts on, on denny you know denny abdia a combo forward from israel and um he's there he's definitely there he's an option not my preference you know somebody i would love to take later in the first if that were uh an option or even middle of the first i wouldn't hate that but I think the likely scenario here is he is going to be in the lottery. Um, I'm praying that he slips, that we can get lucky, but you know, I just hope uh, he's not my, he's not somebody I expect or he's not somebody I want to take, to take in the, uh, you know, as our first pick of the first round, but um, let's, let's get to our question of the night our NYY NYK question of the night. All right, so tonight's question, um, I've got, pull it up on my phone real quick. Who coached the 1969-1970 New York Knicks to their first NBA title? Who coached the 1969-1970 New York Knicks to their first NBA title? Okay, so you can respond either by commenting on my video on YouTube, or you can respond by commenting on you know, the, the posts when I put this up on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, you can inbox me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, just get to me anyway, respond with the answer. And then we will let you know the answer to tonight's NYY NYK question of the night. Um, in the next episode tonight was on the New York Knicks. And once again, the question was who coached the 1969-70 Knicks to their first NBA title. So let me know your answers, um, and then we'll get back to you in the next show. But, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and um, I think that's it. You know, I think we're going to head out. You know, I think it's uh, – we, we pretty much covered it all on, on Denny, uh, Denny Abdia tonight for episode 129. So thank you guys for stopping by. This is going to be it. This is your host, Rob Carbone, signing out of BD4. All right, thank you guys so much, and I'll see you next time. Ciao.